podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic State of Mind Bulletin. My name's Kevin Graham and today I'm joined by Brian Degnan to discuss all things Celtic, all things about the good guys and hopefully all things about the potential Scottish Premier League champions in the next 11 days or so. Brian, how are you getting on? I'm great mate, it's good. It's, uh, we've got the good guys talking about the good guys and uh, I can't wait to get involved. I can't wait to get involved either, eh? But I'm going to ask you a question. It was something that puzzled me over the last week or so, eh? A narrative that was surrounding, like, the games coming up eh, for, for, Celtic, for Celtic and that. And it was this. I mean, when is a title decider no a title decider? And when does a game become a title decider? I mean, we are, we are probably exactly 72 hours away from us playing Hearts at Celtic Park on Saturday, early Saturday afternoon. Is that a title decider? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it depends on the results. Don't it? It's a title decider if, uh, if they draw points. But uh, title decider, I think Ange would say that titles are decided over the course of the season. Isn't they? They're not just, it's not just one game and it's not just a cup game. So... Um, I think it'll be depending on if they drop points, but the reality is, we, it's, it's at that horrible stage we've got just now because we will win the league. We're not going to have a collapse where we lose the next three games by five 0 It's not going to happen, right? We just want it over the line. I remember uh, I can't remember what season it was. It was, um, it was either scoring strikes first or second, and we had a similar thing where we, we pretty much won the league, but we couldn't get it over the line. And I think we drew it three games in the bounce or something. Uh-huh. Then, we just called it Kamarnock, remember? Aye, that's right, aye. aye. Sealed it, although we'd been sort of champions in waiting, but it's hard to have that sort of um, finality about it until it's, you know, something easy to talk See, for me, a title decider is a game where there's no other games left, right? So both teams, both teams have got a head-to-head against each other, and whatever the result decides the title. Now, Sunday wasn't a title decider because there were still three games after it. Whatever happened, there were still three games after it. Yes, if Celtic would have won, it may, more than likely that means that we were going to win the league because we're nine points clear with three games left. Superior goal difference. You still didn't, the bell still doesn't ring that we've won the league until it's mathematically possible. It's the same on Saturday. Yes, six points ahead with two games left if, if we beat Harps. The bell still doesn't ring, even though because it's not mathematically possible. And last week, like the Celtic Rangers game was built up as a title decider, and I'm going, there's still three games after it. There's still anything could happen after this game. It's not a deciding game, and that just annoyed me. It really did. Oh, it, probably, it probably shouldn't have annoyed me, but for me, a decider's a one-off. It's a playoff. Um, like, one-off I, actually, I, I kind of agree with you, and I think that there was this idea that somehow 
you know, the, the, the party was played or somehow that draw was some sort of victory for Rangers and actually it was more damaging for us. Whereas actually the only fine chance that they had of getting any way back into the title picture was to win. They, they, it was essential for them to win. It was the end of their season in a lot of ways. They had to win and they failed. But somehow the narrative has been like, oh, Celtic couldn't quite go over the line. So we didn't need to. We're, we're champions and waiting. It's just a matter of time. So it kind of annoyed me as well. I thought the narrative around it was, it was almost this weird negative for our perspective. Despite the fact we're the ones that are going to win the league. We're the ones well in front. We, there was no, you know, it, it was a strange, strange um, sort of feeling. No, I lost in they felt that, but there's all that stuff in the press. It was like, oh, and I saw Rangers fans celebrating as if, like they won something, or are oh, we still just winning? No, <laughs> still six points behind. It's, it's, you, you threw away your last chance at winning. That was it. All that happened. There was a moment on Sunday at the game it's when we went into injury time, and the fifty old thousand Celtic fans were telling the Rangers fans to go to disappear because we were going to win the league. And you could see at that point there was a deflation in their end because they knew that was probably their last chance to win. And even when the Celtic players were doing the lap of appreciation, they were very sheepish doing the lap of appreciation as well because ultimately they're disappointed that they haven't won the game. And they're professional enough to know that it's not done yet because that's the way that they've that's the way that their mindset should should actually work. But for me, our performance, you're talking about the narrative. The narrative it was was about this game, it was a title decider. I think our performance showed that we played we played the potential reward of that game and not the actual game in front of us. And I think we'd done the same in the semi-final, where we got too emotionally caught up at the potential riches at the final whistle, rather rather than just playing the game in front of us. Possibly, I think um, what you saw, maybe it was a bit inexperienced, because it is quite an experienced team. And I think maybe that was what you saw, maybe a bit nerves, maybe. But I think if you look at the game objectively, first half I thought we were better, second half they were probably better. So it draws fair. But if you look at us over the piece and you take it into context, where we were at the start of the season... This is, uh, it, it, I still kind of find it hard to believe almost where we're at. That, that, I was actually watching, all, like, I actually watched one of the, the, the sort of first accent, accents I appeared on. I think it was in the summer that I just designed it. And um, I remember just like, it seemed so far away. We're talking about having to sign, you know, 10, 12, 13 players. We're talking about this massive rebuild with no staff in the building. It seemed like, I, I said, I think I, I said something like it would be a, a miracle. If we could win the league, I said, I just didn't see it happening. I think it would take us a few years. And I still think it would take us a few years to get to the way Andrew wants us to play. But the fact that we're going to win the league, you know, with, with points to spare, I think it's, it's just amazing. I think that's the only narrative that should be peddled. It's not, you know, things we might have done better. It's the fact that we are far exceeding in my mind where we should be. So you've got to remember, you know, they won, was it 25 points they won by last year? Nobody was there to see last season, so it doesn't exist. Aye, there's a three, <laughs> a three falls in the wood, yeah. does it make a sound? That's, that's aye. Aye. No, I agree with you, I forget it. Scrub it, null and void. Null and void it. Null and void it. I think you're right there, eh? I think it was a game of missed chances. And then... I thought Ange Postacoglu's subs actually made us get a grip of the game for five minutes. Then, then Rangers scored. Uh, so when Rangers scored, the game became utterly chaotic for 10 minutes because then they do realise that they need to throw everything at us. After the 10 minutes, Hart had two great saves, one for Sakala, one from uh, this. Scott Arfield, couldn't remember his name there, and then they hit the post. But when it got to about 82, 83 minutes, I think their legs went, and also your legs had went, we were, like, we're hanging on here. We are just going to hang on. But in that in that 10 minutes, I think that 10, 12 minutes has been utterly magnified to the to a greater de- degree, de- degree than what actually needs 
what right. you what you had was one team who were throwing everything at us, and I think Poster Cogley says that after the day after the game, they chucked everything at the kit, bar the kitchen sink at us because they had to basically, and we struggled to handle again the momentum swing after we lose a goal, and that's something that we have to improve on going forward against better teams. And let's let's not face it, Rangers are the best team that we're going to face in Scotland. That that's the same this season, that's the same last season, and that'll be the same in every season going forward that Rangers will be the best side that we face domestically. So we've got to be able to handle the challenges that they throw at us, but then we've got to be able to handle the challenges that Europe throw at us. Me and you are great, we bang the drums. We want European success. And on that note, good luck to all German sides in Europe this, this week. And I mean we want Europe we, we do want European success. And when we do get over the line, because I think I'm okay saying when now, and my, my old superstitions are not going to actually get too wound up within themselves. When we do get the, do get this over the line, the team has showed right character this season. But I do think there's room for improvement performance-wise. I think so. I think Andrew himself has, has said that. I think he said that, that the team's still quite far away. There's still areas he needs to improve. He's still standards he wants to improve. So I think his thinking is we're still a bit away from where he wants us. And I think that's probably accurate. The difference this summer is, and I know we're going to talk about it, but it looks like he's preparing for the summer window already. It looks like things are, are possibly in place. And if you look at the foundation he built on at the start of the season, there was nothing there. It was crumbling in his hands. Me and you, me and, me and you were very clear at the start of the season. We just wanted to challenge. I, I were very I, clear I, about that. I thought that was a realistic expectation because I think you have to look at the state we were in, and it's 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 easy to sort of look back and, and maybe think it wasn't quite. But if you look at the, some of the teams we put out with no squad with. Signings coming in and thrown straight in. It was just it was a shambles at the start. Um, and and Ange has done a, a remarkable job. He's not only steady the ship, but when is the league? When is the league cup? I mean, two cups in his first first season with that massive rebuild, I think is 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 stunning. And I think that if you look at the the job he done initially, right, and then think of this team. So we still need. I think we still need four first team players minimum. They really improve us, right? I do, I think, they fit in and challenge. Now, that's funny compared to the 12, 13, 14 we needed last year. So he's going to be recruiting in a, in a position of strength. And I think, you know, money-wise, obviously, at Champions League money, we've still got some money in the bank. There's players, a lot of players that's going to be going. The wage bill is going to be freed up. I think it's going to be a very, very successful exciting summer. And I think next season will be far better than this. And I think the season after will be better than that. Look at Angie's teams, every one of his teams, there's been an upward trajectory every single time, and I don't see why we'd be any different. Aye, you're right there, and I mean, you're talking about four players. Let's be, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, I think every, every jersey's up for grabs. If you want to improve, there's, there's maybe not a time for romanticism romanticism and I'm the most romantic person when it comes to football my wife will completely disagree with everything else in my life uh, when, it, when it comes to football and and there's 11 places up for grabs if we want to play the football that we want to play and I, and I, and I think Poster Coggle will maybe look at, look, at, look at it that way and that's how it's going to be interesting in the summer that where he actually looks does he just sort the glaring deficiencies or does he actually have a look at areas that we'll maybe be thinking going, by the way, we're quite we're, we're actually quite sound there. We've actually got a lot of options where Poster Coglu's gone, nah, I don't think we've got good enough options there. And even though I still believe that there's guys who have played a major part for Celtic this season will be fringe players or nowhere near the first team next year. They will, will be back up. I, I do believe there'll be a couple of surprises uh, by the time that we get to the start of next season. And I'm really interested to see where it goes. Poster Coglu knows more about football than me and you. He'll know what he wants to do. He know he will know what areas are will be easily addressed. 
and I think the areas will that are easily are going to be easily addressed will be first. And there's certain areas I still think the midfield needs bolstered. Uh, on Monday, Amy says we were fine in the midfield. I'm still of the maybe opinion that we need to upgrade Beaton and we need to upgrade Rogic. Um, out of that opinion, is it going to be interesting to see Atati next season when he's had that rest and he sometimes doesn't look like a rabbit caught in the headlights? I still think we need an improvement at centre half. Starfelt and Cam- Carter, Cameron, Vickers have been utterly fantastic for us this season. I still think we need a ball playing left footed defender in there if we're still going to play out from the back. Yes, and we are going to play out from the back. Is an argument. Joe Hart's been fantastic as well, but does he lend to the way Poster Coglu wants to play? These are all questions for the summer. But when people say we're fine in certain areas, I do believe, and we'll come to talk about Matt Wall, I do believe that Matt Wall, Wall and Ange Poster Coglu will be looking to improve every single area of our squad and team. Well, I think even if you're not playing, yeah, I think you need to plan just in case. So you need to you need to recruit for every position in case somebody one of your key players leaves. You can't be caught, you know, say you say right. So I, I agree with you, I think we need centre half, like left back, another left winger, and another midfielder. So say that's the four, right? Um you can't just recruit for four. You've got to recruit in case, you know, Carter Vickers leaves or Jota leaves or Kyogo leaves or McGregor leaves. You've got to be looking at these positions just in case. So you've always got a backup, and hopefully that's what, what Mark Wall's going to bring is that sort of sort of proactive approach to transfers as opposed to reactive. Because the, the reactive approach is is sort of um... mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Is it courses in recent years, I would say? Mm, it has. It has um, and we'll start speaking about Mark, Mark Wall next now, now that we've had a wee review of the, of the Glasgow Derby, the cinch Glasgow Derby that it was on Sunday. Red Scotland makes a point here. Uh, why does the podcast always start before it appears on my screen? I've noticed that as well. It must be something to do with the delay in StreamYard. It must be, but I've noticed that, Red. So it's it's not just happening to you. I'm going to bring Red back up here. The title decider was at Ibrox, the Rebels won. I think when we get over the line, we'll have a look at that and that will be the game. We'll go, well, that was it. That was a, that was the game that swung everything in our favour. Danielle, eh, eh, one thing that bothered me again was why do we look? Why did we look like the tired ones? I honestly think we looked fitter playing twice a week. I'm going to say with that, my answer with that is I think we haven't handled the momentum shift after they've scored twice, and that's made us look tired. What do you think of that, Brian? Is that just me making excuses? Is what I usually do. It's a funny one because I think some. Players have improved or finished dramatically. I think in certain areas you can really do them. But I think I think probably I don't want to put words in my mouth. Daniel was looking at guys like Hitati, um, O'Reilly, and again they only came in in January. I think guys like McGregor still look super fit. Carter Vickers, Shaw, people that have played the full season pretty consistently. Other fit ones, I think it. What it seems to be is that if anyone has an injury. And on Ange's side, it takes him a long time to get back up to speed to the looks of it. And I think that's part of the problem, is a bit of disruption. I don't think the actual fatigue is the whole team, but I think if you get three or four players start to fatigue, and you're trying to play that system, it then makes the whole team look a bit more tired. Um, and just on the game um, on Sunday, I think that O'Reilly coming off was a huge, a huge difference. I don't think it was a coincidence that they, they really came back into the game more when he went off. 
I thought he was excellent first half and for for the for the, the period he was on in the second half. I thought and I don't know if got logic, but I feel like you lose a lot when you take off an O'Reilly and replace him with a Rogic. A Rogic for me. Um I'd like to have saw Tumble a bit earlier, maybe Hitati off a wee bit earlier, but look it, the, the reality is we can sit back and, and say this could have changed, that could have changed, but the reality is we're in a position we never expected to be in. We are squad that's playing brilliant football and again we're still away. And I do think actually that the finish will improve. Next year I think the players will get used to it. We've got a good pre season and stuff, but um you know, I think it's always going to be the case that if if we're not getting playing players out field fully fit, going at the same tempo, it will affect the team's performance more so than it would in, in different teams. That, that, this is the what was what we, going into ten. I think there was a part of us stood still and we got lazy. I think that came when we appointed Neil Lennon again. But I'm not going to go over that because we've already spoke about that. We're a new chapter where we're on the cusp of something that was like unfathomable even September last year. Monty. Uh, the Peaky Blinders Tifo was outstanding it was outstanding uh, I actually brought my wee flag home because I'm above that bit so I had a wee flag to wave and I did wave it a 46 year old guy waving a flag I mean uh, some folks say that's not allowed but go and let me off for that uh, Sean Ross we lost the second half cup I maybe we did lose the second half cup uh, I Monty I did realise that I says Carter Cameron Vickers after I actually did say it so, no, no problem with that. Um, Monty again, he agrees we we need f- at least four signings to go straight into the first team. Uh, Brian, there's a bit of conversation about your beard, mate. Oh, really? There's a, there's a bit of conversation going on about your beard. And again, this is great podcasting for you for you, for those listening on audio. Eh? Yeah, yeah that's my beard's lovely. DS1 says you look like a, a bit like James Corden. DS1, I swear at you. <laughs> just imagine what I'd say. And McMahon67 says keep the beard, the beard gang. So, Brian, I mean, you, 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 are, you are now the Wednesday beard gang. That's, 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 that's what Wednesday. I tell you that. That's where we are. Everybody, go and please like. Go and do this at the moment. If you're watching, please, please like and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, it does the, the channel great things. Also, get your get your questions in because it's only me and Brian today. We haven't got Colin to keep us right and keep us on script. So we, we need <laughs> go and ask us your questions and we'll answer them. We will answer them. Uh, underwater cabbage sale when real men have beards. I can't grow a beard. If I go near a, a cat, my my beard disappears. Eh? Um, right, Matt Wall. I think the question has to be was why did Celtic announce the appointment at eight fifteen on a Monday night? Uh, with no picture, no fanfare. Is it because they really knew the reaction that was actually that that it was going to get? And if I change my name to Desmond Wall or Strachan, will I get a job at Celtic? So there's two things to that. I mean. I'm, I'm a bit more ex- I'm a bit more excited and a bit less cynical about the appointment than I think, I think some I didn't have this sort of reaction. Um, although I do think the optics are poor. It, it does look like on the surface of it, it's the, the jobs to the boys thing. I don't think that's actually the case in this instance. I think Mark Law was a great appointment, if I'm honest. I think that if you look at the experience he's got at the City Group, you look at the job he's done, the fact he knows Ange and works well. If you took his name out of that, if he was called Fred Tractor, right? Fred <laughs> Tractor. <laughs> <laughs> the Wayne's Tractors in the garden. Is that, is that no for one of the... Is that no... What's, what's the, the programme on uh, Amazon Prime about the American that manages the football team? Ted Lasso. Is that not a character? Yeah, for Ted Lasso, right? Imagine his name's Ted Lasso. And he was like, this guy coming in, and he's been head of recruitment scouting for the City Group for 10 years. He's worked closely with Ange Postacoglu. He knows exactly the type of players he wants to sign. They have a good working relationship. He's also a Celtic fan. What do we think? You'd bite the hand off for that. It's when you say, actually, his name's Matt Long, he's Peter Law's son. Everybody goes, ah, 
and I understand that frustration, but I think you have to look at it and say he's, he's, on tape, it's still a great appointment. In terms of the, the, the Dermot Desmond thing, again, I, I don't really see the issue with that because if Dermot Desmond's, it's his shares, right? It's his money, and he wants his son to come in and take over. Well, he's, he's not going to get Tim Delsey's son. So it's either he pulls out or he gives it to his son. So I don't see that as a huge issue. Um, the stacking one, obviously, Lennon get, get um, stuck with a wee laptop lover, didn't he? So that, that was a wee bit, and that was clearly jaws for the boys. Um, I do think if you see John Kennedy as a director of football in the next couple of years, which is what I called, and Peter Law coming back as chairman, I think then you can you can see more more problems. But I totally get people's reaction to it. I say for me, it's a great appointment, but. 100% that's why they put it out at that time of night because they just they did me they thought we'll get this out so as everyone knows but let's not make too much of a fuss about it because they were bound to know the reaction um, but as I say good appointment optics no great the optics the optics isn't it great eh? I mean you look at it, everybody last year at this point last year we're talking about Fergal Harkin um, as a director of football and we all loved the fact that he was coming from like a massive club with a great background he had a, he had a history of like developing young players and this is what we all wanted we understand where we are in world football eh? Mark Wall's coming as you say he's got an impressive impressive CV uh, it seems unfortunate that this impressive CV is actually getting overlooked because of his surname and because of the connotations of of his surname, basically, and and the way that and, and the way that we actually the way that the club seems to conduct its business, it all seems to be very in house. It all seems to be very like they don't look too far about uh, beyond their, their parameters, about beyond certain borders. They don't. Uh, yes, even though Ange came in from the other side of the world, there's there's still a uh, City Group connection there, and that's I'm been. Honest, I mean, I think we Ange coming in. It, it it seems fairly obvious to me that Mark Law probably recommended him. Oh, definitely. That there's no, there, there is. You know what I mean? It's 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 not like Ange is really the outlier, although on the face of it, he's a structural unknown. But but again, this is why I think it's a positive that Mark Law is coming in because he also knows him. He's worked with him. He knows what he wants. He knows what type of players he wants, and he obviously understands how the guy works. And I, I get the feeling Advantage wants players in quick the way he did in January, provided he's, he's sort of working within the confines of the Celtic transfer structure. I don't see why it's, it can't be a good relationship. It, that, this is, I mean, we've had Nick Hammond and we had, I can't even remember the name of the other guy, even De, even Declan can remember his name just and then Declan Ken's everything about Celtic. He's not just a fly by night be me who pops in and out every Wednesday to talk about Celtic. Uh, and the, the, these guys, Congerton, Lee Congerton, that's the boy's name I was actually trying to think of there. And these guys come in and we don't really know what they do. We, 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 don't, we don't really know what to do. As you say, Andy's been used to working in that city group setup. He knows Mark Wall really, really well. If the surname was anything else apart from Wall, we'd be going, that, that's a great appointment. This is a brilliant appointment. And for me, I, I kind of went, come on, lads, 8.15 on a bank holiday Monday. There's not even a tweet. There's not even a picture of the guy. You've got a picture of Ange, and the only statement is for Ange Postacoglu. Didn't he make it so obvious that you're trying to placate a certain element of the support, which I'm probably one of, because I did go, what's going on here? I didn't like the way that Celtic done it. But I'll go back to what I says when Postacoglu was uh, unveiled as Celtic manager. I wasn't interested in what Postacoglu had done before. Uh, if you remember, I refused to watch any of his interviews and that. I say, I'll judge the guy and what he, what he does as being Celtic manager. And I will judge Mark Wall, what he does as head of scouting and recruitment at Celtic. I've only judge his surname at this precise moment in time. I've got to give the guy a chance to prove that he is the right man for the job. There's quite a few comments coming in. And Johnny Ryan, I'm going to, I ho- hopefully I've answered this, Johnny. Come on, Kevin, the guy's more than qualified. Yes, I had a wee tongue-in-cheek. It was, if my name was Strachan Desmond, the ball, would I get a job at Celtic Park? That's the way it looks from the outside. 
That's what you said. It's like the opposite of something versus the reality of it. Look great, but for me, I, I think it's a, a great appointment. I'm really excited just based on. And I tell you why. Another reason I'm excited, just slightly tangentially, but Postecoglou, haven't he said to? He said, "I came to Celtic. He's done." He said about the side of the entertain. He said to try and have success. And he said that he concentrate the first team first, then start to recruit in the background and get the structure the way he wants it. He has made strides in that department, although he does acknowledge that he still things he wants to improve and things he wants to get up to a higher standard. But he got the, the guy um, Anton McElhone, sport, head of sports science. Mm-hmm. Of things. He got the guy from Benfica, I can't remember his name, is the data analysis guy. Now he's got head of recruitment scouting coming in. So you can start to see these structures all taking shape ahead of the new season. And that for me is really exciting as well because it shows that the club's going in the right direction and it's going in the direction and it's deciding it's going in. And I think that's really key. There is a modernisation of the football club which seemed to disappear when Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers claps on 2842. Um, there, there was a modernisation of the football club. Brendan Rodgers left, left to go to Leicester and he took every part of that with him and it didn't seem to get replaced quick enough. We need to get back into that because... Um, this is cliched football, modern football speak. You hear managers and all of that talking about all the time. If you read The Athletic, they talk about small margins. Anton McElhone was brought in to actually give us those small margins. The, the head of recruitment and sports science is all, all brought in. It's all small margins. Hitting the crossbars a small margin. Being marginally offside is a small margin. No being offside is a small margin. Everything's small margins in football because you're dealing with elite-level athletes and you do need days days before when if you just had better players, you were actually going to win a game is actually now not there in certain, certain, certain occasions. And if you look at the level that we want to get to, we're going to need all the help that we can get. Absolutely. I remember... I think it was um, it was a while back, and we'll talk about the state of Celtic. It was before Angie and stuff came in, and things were obviously a bit more negative. And somebody made a comment, one of the comments, it always stuck in my head, and it said, "Oh, the Lisbon lines never needed, you know, a sports scientist. I needed this, needed that." And I get that. However, if you are at this level, right, and everyone starts improving two percent. You stay there, eventually everyone will overlap you. Doesn't matter how good you are. If you don't improve and you don't modernise and uh, sort of change the structure of things, I mean, like, guys at Man City's got like a throwing coach. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the, the minutiae detail these big clubs go into in terms of how they organise, you know, match days, youth development, training, what the players eat, what they drink, how they're analysed. Awesome. Want you? And we have to get up to the plate. And I think we're. We're in the right direction. I think we're getting there. I think that's what Ange wants. Like, uh, Austin McCann, or no, Austin McPhee, uh, who used to be the Hearts assistant manager. I think he's at Aston Villa as the set-piece coach. Uh, that's all he does is work on set-pieces. And, I mean, that's that, that's that's quite a bizarre... I mean, I remember hearing that Liverpool Man United, I think it was Liverpool that's got the throwing coach, and going, what do you need a throwing coach for? But... Did you see the goal that uh, Bournemouth scored last night uh, to get promoted? It's a great, it's a well-worked free kick, well for the training ground, worked really well for the training ground, and, that, and that's got me thinking. Going, like, imagine having a coach going, like, "This is what you're going to do at this point in the 82nd minute of a game that could get you promotion." Even though I didn't really think Nottingham Forest deserved promotion wearing that away kit. It's the most honking away away kit I've seen this season. And also there was a Nottingham Forest fan in the comments last week who was a bit abusive to us Celtic fans. So I haven't got any sympathy for Nottingham Forest at this precise moment in time, but I'm sure there's plenty of great Nottingham Forest fans out there uh, and hope you do well in the playoffs. But when you see it, the 82nd minute, they had a plan in their heads going, we're doing this free kick and they ended up scoring from it. So again, that's the small margins that that's the small margins that we actually we actually need. Big Angie's beard, I just brung that up because it's got a beard in it and it's Beard Wednesday. <laughs> that's it, Beard Wednesday. We've got it. I'll need to get a fake one. 
I'll get, I'll get a Santa one for next week. <laughs> Beard Wednesday, here we go. The guy has been heading up recruitment at the strongest football organisation in the world. Would we have got him if he wasn't a Celtic supporter? Not a chance. Brian, what do you think of that? That's not a bad point, actually. I never quite thought of it like that. Um, again, I say I'm very, very positive about coming in. Um, I'm quite excited about it for the reasons I, I've sort of mentioned. And, and I think that's, that's maybe a good way of looking at it, actually. It's weird sort of thinking, oh, he's only came because he's his son. But actually, maybe the only reason we've got him is because he's got an affiliation with the club. So, so well done, Angie's beard. Nice. Uh, Brian, what talking about guys that we were linked with under Brendan Rodgers, Scott McKenna leaving the leg out for the foul. The foul. Scott McKenna was always a bizarre link to us. I mean, any time I watched him for Aberdeen, which was usually against us, right enough, he, he didn't stand out. And any time that I've watched him for Scotland as well, uh, he, he's, he's never he's never really stood out as well. But Simon Leffey, what I, could, what I heard from uh, commentators last night, he's been outstanding for uh, Nottingham Forest this season. Still didn't want him though. No. Uh, Dell, we need a we need a specific corner coach. That is true. Go back to Sunday, Yota firing that ball uh, high and high, mighty and wide across the bar for the free kick that a brother beat and moved back thirty yards for where the actual free kick actually got got took. We could do. We haven't scored direct from a set piece this season, Brian. We haven't scored direct from a direct free kick this season. The Turbo no score. See no score for a free kick this year. Yeah, well, I, 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 I thought Turbo. Maybe, maybe Turbo was the last person that scored. Are you trying? He's trying to say it. Somebody on Twitter would tell me lies. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't this. dream of it. I wouldn't dream of it. Somebody would be shady on Twitter and put that out there at Celtic. Company <laughs> scored for a direct free kick and no, actually mean it. No, listen. I... I've seen some shady stuff on here, so maybe I'm wrong. Never know. <laughs> I don't care either. I, 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 that's that, that's put my faith in humanity off the cliff edge. There, you just saying that, that somebody yeah, somebody on Twitter would make up stuff. I can't. Oh, nah, nah, I can't get over that. I can't get over that. Um, let's have a wee look at some of the here. Exactly. Twitter chat and we need quality. He's like the missus doubtfire act, so he just keeps going. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself, so we can't we can't throw him we can't no. throw him under the train. We can't throw him under the under the train whatsoever. Stephen T, great point, Stephen. Look where he comes from. Some media Celtic bloggers and vloggers create the ne- ne- negativity. I'm going to point out to that, and we get called negative all the time, and sometimes we just call it as we see it, especially post-match. Post-match is very, very difficult to do because there's emotions running. There is sometimes emotions running and sometimes you need to take that wee step back and have a look at the bigger picture, which is really difficult after the final whistle when you've just been beat off Livingston again or something like that. And I understand. But this channel, uh, and Paul will tell you this as well, if viewing figures go through the roof if we get beat, all week, our viewing figures go through the roof if there's something to moan about. And I, I don't think it's... I'm not, I, I can only speak for myself here. I don't crave the negati- negativity. I want to be wholly positive. I want to be talking in situations like this, going to win a league title, looking forward to next season. I mean, last season was absolutely horrible. But sometimes negativity sells. And I think, especially mainstream media outlets... And maybe some fan media sites actually do prey on negativity because it's good for their 25 pence av- av- uh, advertising revenue. I mean, to be honest, I think that's a really human response. Like, I, I can actively try not be too negative where possible because I, I, I just, I'm not a negative guy. Even on, like we mentioned Twitter earlier, like, I don't ever reply to the negative comments. I try not to reply to the positive ones. Because otherwise you get down a rabbit hole. Although the temptation is always to apply negatively, but I suppose it's I, I can't really talk too much about last season because this was my my debut season on Axon. Um, I was going to like the Jota of Axon, but I don't want rubbish for that because I uh, well we didn't care if we're, we didn't care if we're making your loan deal permanent yet, mate. I know. I really, <laughs> I really, really, I, um, but the, the point being, this has been a broadly positive season, so 
I can't say I've saw too much of that. I think the, the thing is, so we knew, for instance, here's an example for the, the, the guy who commented, can't remember your name. He said we're being really negative. I've been nothing but positive about Mark Lowe. No, no, he wasn't saying we were negative. He was just no, saying no, there's, no, a, there's, no, there's no, a general. Mark, Mark Lowe, yeah. It's an example of the fact that I know he wasn't talking about us, but it's the fact that there can be a perception of if you hear one negative thing, the whole thing's negative. Aye. And that's the, the difference. It is the difference. I think the, the one I can remember is Leverkusen. I mean, beat 4 nothing at home and it's very difficult to be positive to actually when you've just been beat 4 nothing at home and I came on and actually says I was hosting the show that and I says look I says 4 nothing's going in the history books people are going to look back on that and go there's a 4 nothing defeat sitting there and there's no way that we can argue that that doesn't look good then I says but but and before I had says but there was about 50 comments going stop being negative we played well so sometimes when you're trying to clarify the situations, people jump in and like see what they want to see, and that's fine. Everybody can fan the, the, the way that they want to fan. Uh, as I say, I try to keep it positive. I think footballs should be positive. But you have to take positives and defeat as well. You have to be able to talk about defeats positively as well. And sometimes you've got to be able to tackle the bigger pictures round about the football club which means that sometimes you're going to come across as that's wrong. Even saying we need to upgrade certain players is negative to those players, but it's just part and parcel of a football conversation. I think that one of the, the interesting things is, so I never get to me speak about, say, upgrading. I don't see it as a negative because I think when you love something, you should hold it to account. So the reason we, we lost out it so much that when things are not going well, you get emotional, but you, you've got to hold it to a higher account. You can't just say, oh, well, we're doing well and relax on it. There has to be a bit of analysis in there and, and what's working, what's not working. We're a bit lucky today, but we're great today and, and sort of use it off. Don't get me wrong. I'm sounding like a hypocrite here because one of my favourite things to look up, I'm a massive film fan and I love people talking about bad films. Like... There's a podcast I listen to and it just slate films, like really bad ones, and it's hilarious. So that I suppose I'm part of that um segment as well, but I don't think that always applies to us. No, no, I'm not gonna to try to defend I'm gonna try and defend everybody's got their everybody's got their view of how we come across. Sometimes I come across as a bit flippant because football is flippant. That is, we we spend an, an awful lot of emotion and time invested in football, and sometimes, especially me, I sit back and go, "Why? Why?" I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really affect your overall life. But sometimes it can affect your mood for twenty minutes or that. Or I remember it used to be days, but sometimes I can get out of defeat in twenty minutes. Then, right, right. It doesn't affect twenty minutes later. I'm still making the kids dinner. Then something else, wife moves on from that defeat. And I think that's sometimes where I, I can come across as a bit flippant. Uh, Facebook user, I will like the podcast if you promise to stop saying going forward when you mean the future. We'll take that on board. So like the, pod, like the podcast, mate. Thank you very much. Martin O'Neill, hopefully it is the right Martin O'Neill. If Matt Wall was high up in the city group, he obviously knows his stuff. If Anne just happy with him, I can deal with it. He follows his dad, he will soon hear about it. Great point, eh? I think that comes back to my point there when I say I'll judge Matt Law and what he does for Celtic Football Club. No, because of his name. Couple of folks, some couple of folk in the comments were asking about Laura. I Laura came off Twitter because of the instigated harassment, bullying and pylons that she was getting on Twitter, but she's still appearing on Axom and hopefully she'll be back on Friday. And she did do the game on she did do the game on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Man 67. Did did Gordon Strang ever finish his report? Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody's uh, nobody's ever seen nobody, uh, nobody ever seen seen uh, seen his report. Brian Watt, Fred Tractor sounds like a fa fast show character. It does, it does actually sound like a it does actually sound like a, a fashion absolute top draw uh, it is top draw so Mark Wall comes in 
What's the first area he's looking at? Left back. Left back. And what's your reasoning that he's looking at left back? I just don't think, I just think there's enough depth. If you look at the the the, the team as it is, the squad as it is, you've got a really strong start in eleven. We have five really strong backups for each position. But you need two strong elevens. And I think to get that, like so I think Taylor and Ralston are players that I really like. I think can perform well, but or they can perform great. They're no great players. Um, I think they definitely need an upgrade on Taylor, first of all, because scales, I don't see doing it. Maybe next year we'll, we'll see something more for him. I'd still like to see him at centre-back. I think he's good with the ball at his feet. I'd like to see him in that position. Um, obviously, Paul and Golly is going to be away. I don't imagine Montgomery's going to have a future. Actually, I don't think any of the guys that are out loan this season will play again for Celtic. There's a, there's a transfer tip, but I think they'll all go. Mm. I think that's the other interesting thing about Mark Law coming in, is how he handles the departures, how he organises getting players' moves, dealing with agents and stuff. Because if you think about it, the amount of players that probably won't feature next year, or that should leave, you've got Barkas, Paul and Golly, probably Montgomery, um, Julian Michael, McCarthy Michael, um, Soro, Nike Johnson, Ayeti, don't know about Dembele, Urgidi, Liam Shaw, Duhan, Hazard. I mean, that's a fair amount of players that all leave. See, when you start naming them there, eh, you forget half of them even exist. Aye, I mean, and, and that's not including guys like Scott Robertson, who's out loan, and various other youth players that are out loan. So there could be quite a lot of departures, which will free up space in the wage bill for other players coming in. So I think that's the really exciting part. Of, um, of of law coming in is hopefully that he can then look at actually cleaning the decks a bit as well as well as filling like, the gaps because you don't want to just sign guys as you pointed to earlier you don't want to just sign guys that are squad players there's no point in that you know you, you, you don't need that you need people that are going to be like for like so for instance if McGregor's out here we've no one like him in the team in my opinion there's no one to quite offer us but he does we've all players in his position but we don't have enough quality um, I don't think I know Hatati's been criticised but I don't think there's anyone that gives the running and energy and off the wall that he offers especially in that position so I think we need someone from there as well I think we definitely need another winger um, you could argue we need a striker if Ayete goes we need a backup keeper as well definitely need another centre half so these things all start to add up and add up and add up if you look at the amount of players that could leave I think it, it probably manages expectations we are in for a summer of change, eh? Again, th- th- there is going to be a summer of change again, and it's maybe not as desperate as, like, last season, when you were actually scur- scurrying about trying to get first-team players. But if we want to progress, there's guys there that are going to need to move on. And it is going to, it is going to be difficult uh, for some of these players to move on. Sean Curran comes in. Sean's a long-time listener. Lol and Ange have probably already had discussions of players going out. You've got to believe that's happened, eh? I mean, it's, it's even quite funny. We didn't care when Matt Lowell's starting. We do not have a clue when he actually starts his job or have yeah. I actually missed that. But, yeah. you've got to, you, but you've got to believe, right? You've got to believe Matt Lowell knows the Celtic squad quite extensively. He knows what Poster Coglu actually wants in a football player. And that discussion will have... That, well, here we go, my, my mind's went away in a tangent. Then. Do you think Mark Wall sat an interview? Do you think there was an interview? Yeah, probably just for um, sort of best practice, there would have been just for a record of it, for audits and stuff. I'd imagine they did some form of interview. Are we, are we like lunchtime dinner at Nando's or something like that? Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just a wee informal Maybe no Nando's, but um, maybe I just think for a Burger King and they had a chat, but I'd imagine they had some form of chat about it to make sure it's they've got, they're aligned and stuff and nothing's changed in the relationship, but you know, I, it's one of those things that I, by my reading of it, Ange wanted him in. That's what it seemed like in the, the, the sort of Post, it seemed like it was Angie's that wanted the money. He knew him well. He wanted him at the club, and he wanted the money to prepare for 
think it was summer readiness is the phrase they used. So you got to you got to imagine he's starting pretty much now. There's somebody in the comments talking about the form Rita Sue and Bob too. Stephen McDonald talking about the form Rita Sue and Bob too. There is there's also there is always a clip that appears on Twitter. Uh, with Rita Sue and Bob doing this old guy, it's up, the old drunk guy, it's up with the up on his balcony screaming as they're having an argument uh, down the bottom. Paul Foley tells us that the fella that plays the best drunk ever on screen, ah, it's a, it is a <laughs> it is a superb clip. It really is, it really is a superb clip. Uh, let's have a wee look at some of the other comments here. Brown Warrior, there was a lot of love, Brian. A left-sided centre-back is a must for the Champions League. There was also a lot of people agreeing that we need a left-back. We'll move on uh, from the Mark Wall chat, and we'll move on. It was award on the award night on Sunday. I want to discuss goal of the season. Obviously, two Celtic players. The Celtic goal of the season was won by Kyogo for his League Cup final goal. And the Scottish, the PFA goal of the season was won by Tom Rogic for his run against Dundee United at Tanadice, which was a picture goal as well. Brian, do you agree with the two choices as Celtic's goals of the season? It's hard to say we've scored a lot of brilliant goals, to be fair. Um, I would probably agree with Kugos. It's just one of those, because it was the goal that won the cup as well, and just the way it was two, it was the chat, it was just everything. So I, I think that's probably the rightful winner. Um, but I mean, in terms of goals that stand out, Ralston's last minute header, I know it's not a great goal, but it's such an important goal against Ross County. Um, Abada against Dundee United, last minute winner. Um, at Jota's um, goal against Aberdeen maybe the first time we won away that was the day when we won away so there's so many goals that are really important and I think so many good goals but the fact that what's really interesting about all the awards all the awards we've won through whether it's Celtic Awards PFA Scotch Writer and um, we're the worst team ever to win the league it's amazing that as well isn't it worst team ever to win the league and we've won all the awards for best players I'm not going to defend that comment whatsoever. I'm not going to defend anybody having that opinion. They can they can shout that to the nearest traffic cone for all I care that their opinion is not valid to me. But what I would say was the game against Motherwell, they played a couple of weeks ago, they made eight changes. And in the back of my head, I went, I don't think Celtic could make, make make eight changes and still win a game with ten men as comfortably as that. But that was only on the basis of one game. I don't think I think we lose I think we would lose a certain quality if we made eight changes from the team that started on Sunday. I think we would lose quality, but I think there would still be enough to win most games in Scotland comfortably. Even if we made eight changes. Because see see so the side he played at the weekend. So you could have um Jackie Marcus, Abada, um, say Forrest, you could have Beaton, Turnbull, Rogic. Obviously Ralston played, but if you're a Dranovich fit, you could have Ralston or Ranovich, Scales, Wells Julian. That that's the eleven that could win most games in Scotland, I would say. But it is a massive drop from the team that would normally start your strongest team. If that's the way, if that's the way their simple minds are working, then they maybe have. I don't. I don't think they've even thought of that logic. Well, that was the logic that I was coming for. But I don't know if Johnny Ryan tells me that Motherwell were pants. <laughs> maybe that's got a lot to do with it, Johnny. Eh? Uh, not that. I, not that I watched the actual game. I just I saw the start and saw they had made like uh, eight changes. For me, goals of the season. Abada away at Ferris Varos, the team goal when Kyogo does the dummy and we play and we play that great move in, in, in the box and Yota's against Leverkusen. For me, higher level that we actually play on a weekly basis, these these two goals were pure foot the, the pure football that Ange Postacoglu wants to play. I thought my other favourite was Hatati's second goal against Rangers. With a link up with O'Reilly and Abada link up well, play him in and he just curves it round. 
it was exceptional team goal as well. William Kennedy, Turnbull's goal at Motherwell was a peach. That was an absolute cracker. So was Hattati's at Tynecastle. The, 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 the noise that ball made. You, you, you keep thinking, oh no, what about that? What about that? But interesting just about Turnbull. We've hardly spoken about him recently because he's not been in the team much, but then look how vital he was to us. And I think that's it. Been interesting to see how he does next season because I'm still relying on him quite heavily, but I wasn't quite sure he had the legs for an Ange team. But he did rely mm-hmm. on him quite heavily at the start. It'd be interesting to see how he features moving forward next season because he's a quality footballer and he's better in the logic roles than sort of 10 and let somebody else do the running see if you're looking for the game on if, if you're looking at the game on Saturday and you're looking to give Hatati a rest I think Turnbull comes in I think he's a more natural replacement for Hatati than what Rogic is or anything else if you bring in beat on we've got to move McGregor if you want to keep McGregor as an, as in the sort of deeper lying role I would like to see Turnbull getting a run out because as you say Postacoglu ran him and Rogic into the ground when we had no other options and he hasn't really got up and running since he's came back eh? yeah and I think that goes to my earlier point of just it seems like when players do get injured or have been injured this season they have took a bit longer than normal to get back so yeah, my, my only assumption is that obviously the demands are the way Postacoglu plays and trains make it a bit harder to up to speed but ultimately you won't be playing at that level. So but I agree with you, I think I think Tumble's excellent. I would like to see if they'll make changes, maybe Gucci coming in for McGregor. Well provide that, that sort of pace and energy and allow, you know, Tumble and say O'Reilly to see how they linked up. I think that would be good. I've got a point about Gucci. Oh, I've got I, 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 I have a point about Gucci. I reckon it's like when Noel Gallagher wrote all around the world in nineteen ninety three. He knew the song needed a big accompaniment, big players round about it, trumpets, orchestra, this and that. And he never released it to 1997 when they had the money and to actually give it the justice. I think Gucci has been saved for next season. I think Gucci is that song that a songwriter writes and goes, I'm going to hold that back until I get to a certain point, then I'm going to unrelease it and it's going to be a moment. I think Gucci's getting kept for next season. Well, I kind of disagree. I'd, li- I'd like to see more of them. I'd like to see them in the last couple of games maybe, but because um, we all accounts here has got that real strong energy and sort of ball-winning mentality. Um, and I don't think Angie's the type to bring players, maybe McCarthy aside, the club just for the sake of having them there. I suspect, you know, he seemed really positive about him and stuff. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think you could see a very different sort of lineup next season, just in terms of guys like Gucci coming in and performing their role. And then that may push McGregor forward. And I agree. As I say, we have got options. Hopefully next season, maybe have better options. Who knows? Who knows? Desmond comes in, Ralston at Dingwall. You cannot fathom how important that one was. I shudder to think what might have happened if we had dropped two points that night. That 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 is that is a pivotal moment of the season as well. There's lo- the loads of pivotal moments of the season. Callum McGregor got Player of the Year. Do you agree with that? He got he got for the PFA and also and also the. Uh, Celtic, he got it for Celtic. I couldn't remember where else he had got it for there. Eh? Uh, he got it for Celtic as well. I think Cameron Carter Vickers is hard done by, especially for the Celtic man. I think Cameron Carter Vickers has been superb. I think he has this season. If you look at what McGregor's done in a captain role as well, so I think it's not just the ability as a player, I think it's what he's offered the team, how he's you know brought the team back up, the way he's led. I think I think he shades it. I, I, I think Carter Vickers has been absolutely sensational. Really, really impressive season. But for me, McGregor's been head and shoulders. He just had those those leadership qualities. He's he sort of led by example. Even games he's maybe not been great, you can see him never, his answers never stops. He keeps going. So uh, McGregor's a winner for me. But I kind of said he'd been upset if Carter Vickers would have got it. But for me, McGregor's just pivotal to, to how we play. Couple of guys coming in regarding Gucci. Uh, Pinball is Gucci a YouTube star? Well, I don't know if he means that he's good, he's real or, or whether there is a YouTube star on called Gucci. Hey, maybe um, he's just good on YouTube. Like we've just looked at it on YouTube and uh, 
Jamie Dickey watching Gucci's highlight reel has counter pressing is unreal. Agree with Kev, he could be unleashed next year. And Stephen Mitzi comes in with another point of view. I'm sure Gucci will disappear next season. Again, it's another story that we that we won't know. It's another it's another interesting plot twist that we need to watch out for. Ryan Kelly, O'Reilly Vency St Johnson at home, where the team had tons of passes prior to going in. That should have been in the shout for goal of the season. That was a fantastic goal, I think. I think it's anything for 72, 74 or 75 passes. Again, that's the folk that lie on Twitter that tell me how many passes that, 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 that have. That was a great goal as well. That was a fantastic team goal on what was a fantastic team performance that day. Uh, excellent. And um, I've got to say, I'm a, been a huge fan of Riley since he came in. He's someone that I hope I see a lot more of next season. Although he's played a lot, I like to see him play every week. I think he's he's going to grow into an exceptional player. So, yeah, and, and get back to coming to his point, it was about Ralston. That's why I mentioned it earlier. I just, whenever I think of goal of the season, I kind of think of that. It just it's, it's like the first goal that comes out of my head when I, I think about this season. It's him celebrating 96 minute or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it's Ralston as well. And he, in a lot of ways, is kind of the personification of the season because he didn't expect much from him. And he's transformed. And he's adapted into the system really well. He's became a player that fans love. And actually, he's contributing really solidly. And I just think if you look at the team and how they've changed and compared to where we thought we'd be to where we were, I think that, that follows a similar sort of uh, storyline pattern. It does. Lucy comes in to tell us that one of the regular contributors, watchers and listeners, Lanky67, she's congratulations, Lanky67, if on completing April's challenge of 3,000 squats for cancer research. I think everybody in the comments and in the Axon team gives them a wee round of applause for that. Brilliant. What, what an effort by Lanky67. And if you're on, make yourself known and we'll, and we'll tell you. And, we'll, and, we'll, and thank you for that. It's brilliant. Well done. Well done, mate. Thank you. Uh, we're nearly done, Brian. Let's have a wee look to see what else is coming in uh, the... The comments, let's have a wee look. Um, oh, I'm going to bring this up with David Brown. David sits behind me at Celtic Park. Kev, mind the time Paul cut you off for 10 minutes because you fumed after the game. I did ask to get cut off until I could go away and calm down a bit. And I wasn't really fuming at the result. I was actually fuming at the reaction of the result, more than anything. Uh, and I, and I, and I, did, I was riddled with COVID at the time, so that's my excuse for my behaviour. That's why those matches often, Kev. Because I'm fat, I'm not emotional. He's on. Excited. Uh, to, uh, I just don't dare. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to actually do. Chris Boswell, does Natasha still contribute? Yes, she does. She's usually on the Friday show and she sometimes step in if we've got a slot during the, during the bulletin as well. Uh, Johnny Boy Soul, Raiders, Kev, I thought you were a Packers fan. I've always been a Raiders fan, Johnny Boy Soul. Uh, my dad's a big Packers fan, and I know that he'll be watching this just now, and he's probably shouting at the telly that the Raiders are rubbish. And I'll, I'll bring up this one. Rashers Tierney, since it's been Beard, Beard Wednesday, Brian is a wee doubler, wee doubliners tribute act. Well, I'll, take, I'll take it. You're going to take that. You're going to take that. James Coleman, I'm not happy about it, but um, I'll take that one. Thanks very much. Going to take that one. Brian, it's been brilliant talking to you this Wednesday. Everybody that's contributed, everybody that's commented, these are all fantastic people. You're all beautiful people. And just please, please, please be kind to each other. Me and Brian are just innocent Celtic fans, normal Celtic fans, talking about Celtic. Good luck to everybody, and I'll see you next week. Hail, hail. Phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.